Well, Merry Christmas. It's good to see all of you. Thank you. Come out for our Christmas Eve service. We'd like to welcome you here. Thank you for coming. Uh, just a couple of quick announcements. One, as far as services tomorrow, we're only going to have one service uh, tomorrow at 11 o'clock. No early service, no Sunday school, no evening service, just an 11 o'clock service. There will be nursery. There will be children's church. I encourage you, if you can, to come out and worship with us tomorrow. Dr. Peterson will be preaching. You don't want to miss that. And also, if you're a member or regular attender, don't forget to check your Christmas card boxes back in the back. You might have some cards there. You don't want to miss those. And those are there. So please check that out before you go. Again, thank you so much for coming. Let's bow and open our service with a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you that we can come. We, th we celebrate the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we, we thank you for that. We thank you for this time that we can come here freely together. We pray that this service would encourage hearts tonight, strengthen believers. Uh, Father, we pray if someone, in the sound of our voice, doesn't know for sure heaven's their home, they would understand why, why Christ came, to die for them, that they might have a way of salvation. And Father, again, we just ask your blessing on our time now. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand together with us as we stand and sing, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Welcome to this Christmas Eve service at First Baptist Church, and welcome to our live stream viewers. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth 
from our saxophone quartet. Thank you, and uh, you may remain seated as we sing. Number 208, Ring the Bells. Note there's a key change on the chorus of verse 2. Ring the bells, ring the bells, let the whole world know Christ was born in Bethlehem many years ago. Born
number two men's group if you'll come behind me as we sing. Ring the bells, ring the bells, what a glorious Lord of every man. 
Another Christmas hymn, 
Number 199, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. You may remain seated as we sing a couple verses. with men to 
Another Christmas song out of the hymnal, number 224, The Birthday of a King, verses 1 and 2. Oh, 
next we're privileged to hear um, a piano duet, a mother and son. Let's sing silent tonight, holy night.
Just one verse of angels we have heard on high. Isn't all that music wonderful tonight? 
I want to read two verses from uh, the Christmas story. Uh, Luke chapter 2, and verse 10 and 11, and it says this, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. From these two verses out of the Christmas story, I wanted to share a message with you. Fourteen words that changed the world. Now, before you get your hopes up, I didn't say the message would be 14 words long, okay? Don't get your hopes up. But these are 14 words that will make a big difference uh, in the world and a big difference in our life. Uh, you know, it's hard to always come up with a Christmas message. You, you, I, I usually do this Christmas Eve service, and you try to say, think of something new. And really, uh, you, you, you can sum up the Christian. How many have heard this saying? Jesus is the reason for the season. You ever heard that? And you could just say that, and that's really true. That's what Christmas is about. Jesus is the reason for the season. But that phrase, Jesus is the reason for the season, is only seven words long. My message is 14 words. It's twice as good as that. <laughs> and so I hope you listen carefully tonight as we think about words. Politicians use words a lot, don't they? They'll go on and on and on and offer up what they feel are solutions uh, uh, to the world and the problems of the world and what people want. They give a lot of words but no solution, don't they? I guess one of my favorite things is when you ask someone that's, uh, we'll just say politician again, someone in authority, you, they're asked a question, and they speak a lot of words, but they never answer the question. You ever notice how they do that? They'll, they'll say a lot of things other than answering a question. But I, I believe what the world needs and what we need and what people are looking for are found in these 14 words. And so we're just going to go through them quickly tonight and, and hope they'll be a, a blessing and an encouragement to you. The first two words are in verse 10, and they're the words, fear not. Fear not. You know, people do fear a lot of things. And some people are afraid of dying. Some people are afraid of getting sick. Some people are terrified about the thought of being alone. Uh, some people are scared about being broke. Uh, I, let me just share something. It, it, it's really not thought of this way a lot, but really the, the roots of fear are formed by sin. Because man chose to sin, a lot of things entered God's creation, death and sickness and disease and sorrow. And so the roots of fear are formed by sin. But the good news is why Jesus came. We celebrate his, his coming. And I want you to notice something out of the Christmas story in Matthew chapter 1. It says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He'll save the people from his sin. Jesus came to take sin away. The very thing that causes fear and, and concern in our life. Uh, I have to admit, I've, I've watched cartoons when I was growing up. Did anybody here watch cartoons? And one of my favorite cartoons is a really <coughs> stupid one. <laughs> it was called Underdog. You ever, you ever, how many here watch Underdog? I've got to be old to see Underdog. I don't know. Okay, some, there's some Underdog fan there. I appreciate that. <laughs> And he, he had a saying, there's no need to fear, underdog is here, if you remember that. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but you know something the angels could have said or the shepherds could have said when they spread the news 
about Jesus' birth, there's no need to fear. Jesus Christ is here. And he came to take fear away. And maybe you're hearing there's something that's causing you concern or fear in your life. Uh, Jesus can help you with that because he came to take away fear and take away our sins. The third and fourth words that Jesus spoke, or I mean the angels spoke in verse 10 was, I bring you good tidings. Good tidings. You know, good news was scarce then. If you think about what was going on there, in that part of the world, the Romans had taken over the country. And why, why were Mary and Joseph coming to Bethlehem? Because they had to be taxed. How many love taxes? It's a great time, a great thing. And, uh, and so good news was scarce for them, and it's scarce for us. scarce for us today, isn't it? If you look around what's going on in the world, it, it, could be, it's, it can be very concerning about the direction of our country, direction of the world in general. But, you know, Jesus offers good news, good tidings. And what's his good news is eternal life available for everyone. What the world really needs, what the world wants, whether they understand it or not. They need to know what's, what's going to happen to them when they die. And Jesus offers that good news, that good tidings. You know, because he came, think, think about this. You know, Jesus promised to provide for his children. Jesus promised that he would never leave us or forsake us. You know, when you think about the birth of Christ, you can be thankful he came to do that for us. He promised to be a friend to us. And what good tidings, what good news that is. So the, the, the fact that Christ came is great news and good news to us. But let's think about the fifth and sixth words that we find there. And that is the words, good tidings of great joy. Great joy. You know, again, there wasn't a lot to be joyous about during that time of, of when Joseph and Mary were there. But if you think about it, it's not a lot to be joyous about even today. But can I say this? Jesus is the real joy of living. There's a song that says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. And how true that is, that we can have joy this time of year. Uh, biblical joy comes from the Lord. Here's the definition. It's a perpetual gladness of heart that comes from knowing and experiencing and trusting Jesus. Another definition uh, is uh, by a preacher named Warren Wiersbe. He says this, Joy is that inward peace and sufficiency that is not affected by outward circumstances. Jesus is the joy of living. Um, just this past November the 30th, um, my mom went home to be with the Lord. And this is the first Christmas without my mom being here. Uh, I'm 66 years old, and every Christmas my mom, for 65 years, was there. And it's going to be different. It's kind of a sad thought that she's not going to be there. I was going to say I'm going to miss her presence, but that, that, that sounds funny. Presence as her being here, not her presence. Though she gave nice presents. She loved her little baby son. She, she gave me nice presents, made me fudge on Christmas, and just a great mom. Just a great mom. And, and we're going to miss her, but can I say that? I, I want to say this. I, I still have joy in my heart. Why? Because Jesus came. Because Jesus came and was born, and he died for our sins, and my mom understood that and put her trust in Christ as her Savior. 
And because of that, I know I'm going to see her again because I've trusted Christ as my Savior. And I'm, that's just so exciting. You can have joy no matter what your circumstances are. I don't know everybody's circumstance here tonight, but in the midst of them, you can have joy, an inward peace. Uh, it didn't say your circumstances are going to be wonderful all of a sudden, but it, even if your circumstances are bad, you can have peace. And uh, I like what it says. The words are great joy. Not just joy, but great joy. How can you have great joy? Because it comes from the Lord. It comes from the Lord. Now, the world cannot give that to you. No matter how much presents you get this Christmas or how much money you have or how wonderful, you, you can't have the joy that the Lord can give you. And that's knowing that he's your savior and that you can trust him. And, and that joy it would be something that you can have. And it's perpetual. It goes on. We ought to look at the seventh and eighth words. And, I, and these are good words, too. Uh, good tidings are great joy, which shall be to all people. All people are the next two words. And uh, not to a certain group of people, not to a certain nationality, not to a a, a particular culture or color of skin, it's to all people, the whole world. Jesus said in Matthew 11, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's an invitation to all, if they'll come to Christ. Jesus is for everyone. And I encourage you to, to think about that. Jesus came those years ago and was born in the manger, not just to be born there, but to, to come and die for us and die for our sins. And he did that for everyone. Which brings us to the ninth and tenth words. It says in verse 11, for unto you, unto you. Yes, Jesus died for the whole world, but he died for you individually. That is why a lot of times you hear in the church, you need to trust Jesus as your personal savior. You don't go to heaven because your parents were Christians. You don't go to heaven because you go to a certain church. Jesus wants to be your personal Savior. And he, he cares about each person individually. And uh, isn't that good news? And you say, well, I know that already, uh, Pastor. Why, why would you repeat that? Well, you know, he, he, once you trust him as your Savior, he still cares for you personally. He knows every one of your lives that are here tonight. He knows what's going on in your life here tonight. He knows the circumstances of your life. He knows what you're doing, and he's interested in all of it. Amen. He loves you. And uh, you say, well, how, how can I know that? Because he came and was born 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, lived 33 years of perfect life, and then he died for you personally on the cross. And so it, it is a great thing to all people, but it's tremendous unto you, each one of you sitting here tonight. The 11th and 12th words are also important. It says, for unto you is born this day. How many, I know some of you are more advanced in years, such as myself, but if you remember when you were a child, how long it took for Christmas to get there. Do y'all remember that? It used to be terrible. My birthday's on December the 9th, and that was the longest time for my birthday. It was only 16 days, but it was terrible. It take forever. And now, of course, time goes, as you get older, it goes by faster. And we have to wait on so much in our life, wait on buying a home or a car or to get better. But the good news is that 
A person could be saved today. It's not something you wait on or have to put off. A lot of people believe this. You have to wait to find out if you're going to heaven. You die and then you find out. But you know the Bible says that you can know you have eternal life right now, right here today. In fact, in the book of Corinthians, it says now is the day of salvation. And you can be saved and know you're going to heaven today. It's nothing you have to put off to tomorrow or I have to get more accomplished, but you can know today. It's not like Christmas where you have to wait and wait and wait, but you can know today. And by the way, again, you say, well, I already know that, preacher. Why would you even talk about something like that? Because I want you to think about this. If you're here and you know Christ, Jesus can help you today, too. A lot of us have struggles or difficulties or something that's going on in our life. Jesus will help you today if you'll just ask him, if he'll just trust you, trust him. Listen, you know, a lot of times we don't think our, our situation, our problem is something that the Lord's interested in. Remember, he, he's interested in you personally, individually. And he'll help you with it today. doesn't mean he'll, the problem will go away today, but his help will be here today. You don't have to wait. You don't have to uh, do a bunch of things, but you can trust him to help you today, and he will. So this day, important words. The 13th and 14th words are, are these, and they're the most important words in the verse. Verse 11, for yonder is born this day in the city of David, and the words are a savior. A savior. How they needed one. How we need one. You know, the interesting thing is this verse calls Jesus exactly what he was. He was the savior. Jesus is the savior. Many people think, well, I can save myself. I can try hard enough, and maybe I'll get to heaven. I'll promise God I'll do this, and I'll get to heaven. And people that think like that, or I'll go to a certain church or denomination. But the problem is, all those things may be a good thought or a good uh, idea, but they're not the Savior. Jesus is the Savior. He is the only Savior. Jesus said this in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's say you get, you get to the Father, you get to heaven by the denomination you belong to or how much good things you've done, but through Christ. Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Jesus is the only Savior. And we uh, need to realize that we cannot save ourselves. If you're here under the sound of my voice tonight or by the live stream, you cannot save yourself. Luke 2.11 doesn't say, For unto you is born this day in the city of David, and put your name there. You weren't born there, but Jesus was, and he's the Savior. And he can save you from your sins. And we need to understand that he's our only hope. There's no denomination or church that gives you, can give you hope of where you're going to spend eternity, but Jesus can because he is the Savior, and he'll save you if you'll trust him. Jesus himself said this, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. We mentioned earlier that you, salvation, you can have it right now today. And that verse says, If you'll believe on Christ, you can hath everlasting life. Hath means possess right now. 
And maybe you're here and you, you, you tried to trust something good you did to get to heaven, or maybe you trust where you went to church, or some act of charity that you did. And, and, and we need to, to cast those things aside. Those things are good things to do, but they cannot save me because they're not the Savior. Jesus is the Savior. And he said, if you would believe in him, he'll give you everlasting life. You know, the word believe doesn't mean I believe Jesus exists. I, I'm sure most of you here tonight, you're here because of Christmas and you think Jesus is being born. I believe Jesus existed. Well, that's, that's history. But salvation is this. I'm going to trust Jesus to save me. I, I refuse to trust anything I could do or any, anything anybody else could do, but I'm going to trust the Savior to save me. And he will. The Bible says we're all sinners, and that's just being honest. And we said earlier, that's what causes fear and anxiety and doubt. But Jesus came to do something that we could not do, and that is pay for sin. And that's what he did on the cross. He was born, not just to be born a baby and be a great example and teacher, but he, he was born to die and shed his blood. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And what did Jesus do? He died in our place. And he paid the debt that we owe God. And now he offers to save you and give you everlasting life. And he can do it because he is the Savior. He is God in the flesh who died for you. And you may be sitting there and say, well, you just don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus paid for those, for those things that you feel like you've done in your life that are wrong. And let me encourage you tonight, if you never had... Just come to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't understand everything, but I know I'm a sinner and I deserve your judgment, but I believe Jesus died for me. And I believe he paid my debt of sin. And I'm best to know how trusting him to, to save me tonight and give me everlasting life. And I encourage you to do that if you've never done it before. What if you have done it before? Well, all these things we talked about tonight, there's so many wonderful truths in these 14 words for you. You don't have to fear in life. You can trust the Lord. You can have joy in your life. Trust him and the promises of his word. If you, if you have needs in your life, needs for you're just struggling, uh, this day you can begin solutions to those. If you ask the Lord to help you. And you can have that even beginning today. But if you're here again and you've never trusted Jesus alone as your Savior, I encourage you to do that tonight. And what a celebration that is, that we sang songs tonight about Jesus being a gift. You know what a gift is? A gift is something that's purchased at someone else's expense, but given to you freely. And again, if, if somebody hands you a Christmas present tonight or tomorrow, uh, you wouldn't think about trying to pay for it, would you? Well, here, here's 20 bucks, you know, uh, I, I really appreciate it. No, that would be insulting. And don't insult God with trying to do something to help God save you by going to church or behaving yourself. I encourage you to do those things. But all you have to do is receive the gift. The Lord Jesus Christ is the free gift that God will give you and give you salvation the moment you trust him to be your savior. And if you haven't done that, I encourage you to do that tonight. If we could bow our heads and close our eyes, we're going to wrap our service up. with like heads bowed and eyes closed. And we're not going to do any kind of hand-raised invitation tonight, but I, I just want to 
encourage you, if you never have, to trust Christ as your Savior. He wants to save you. Yes, you. He'll save you if you'll put your trust in his Son. Jesus Christ died for your sins, and he rose from the dead. And he'll give you eternal life if you'll simply believe in him. If you don't know what to say, why not say something like this? God, I don't understand everything, but I I believe Jesus died for me. I believe he paid for my sins. And I believe he rose from the dead. And right now, Lord, the best know how. I'm trusting Jesus to save me and give me everlasting life. Now, once again, God, I'm a sinner, but Jesus died for me. I believe that. And I I believe he rose from the dead. And I'm trusting him tonight as my only hope for heaven. I'm trusting him to save me. If you did that tonight, God's promise, not mine, not First Baptist Church's promise, but God's promise from his word that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What a gift. What, What hope for the world. If you have questions about that, I'd be glad to talk with you about it after the service or Pastor Peterson or one of the other church staff. But I hope you have. And again, if you have, find joy in your heart. Things might not be going good for you, but you can have joy. You can have joy, and that comes from the Lord. And trust in Him with the circumstances of your life. And look into Him as your hope. And being thankful to him that he's, he died and saved you when you trusted him. Father, we do thank you that we can know we have eternal life. Because Jesus came and was born at Bethlehem. And he lived a perfect life. And then he died on the cross for us. And Father, we, we thank you that we can celebrate that part of his life uh, this night, that he, that he was born, and that he did live, and that he died for us. And Father, we pray, uh, if someone's here that still hasn't put their trust in Christ, that you, you Father, would just work on their heart, help them realize that Jesus is the only Savior. Father, we pray for those here that do know Christ. Maybe they're struggling. Maybe there's difficulties going on in their life. Father, that you would just encourage their hearts. Help them look to you and realize that they'll, they'll look to you and and trust you that you, they'll have joy in their hearts. Again, Father, we thank you for the time we could be here. We ask you to, to bless everyone on, the, on this special day, special evening, and, and tomorrow. And, Father, we thank you for each one that came out tonight. Father, we just ask you to bless them and uh, encourage their hearts. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, thank you so much for coming tonight. And Pastor Self is going to come and lead us in a closing song, and then, then we'll be dismissed. And I, I failed you at 7.03, so we'll, we'll blame it on Pastor Self. Pastor Self, come on up here. And, uh... Let's stand together as we sing, Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Go tell it on the bless you and Merry Christmas.